on listeners, welcome back to podcast 15. Uh, this week we don't have any clients in the chair. We've actually recorded this one in advance as Tony's off to the States. Uh, fair few meetings, Tony, but I'm sure you'll survive and I'm sure you'll enjoy yourself while you're over there. But LA, New will York I su- and Washington? Yeah, I will survive. And you did suggest that you'll contact me whilst I'm in New York to do this. And I said, not a hope in hell. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, uh, so we have decided to record this in advance. So just in case over the next two weeks, if some huge thing happens in the world and we don't mention it, it's because today is the 6th of June. <laughs> so, so LA, New York, Washington. Yeah. Um, what's the what's what's on the cards there? Sunshine. Sunshine. <laughs> no, it's a uh, start of summer over there. So we we do have uh, some meetings set up with some great uh, accounting firms and law yeah. firms yeah. over there, and based in all in all three states. And and it's you know the, these are guys that are very large firms, very professional, and specialise in expats, which is our market and our executives and CEO, Australian expats who are clients of theirs and others who were referred to them. And it's a case of actually just growing and expanding uh, that relationship, us being their financial services provider to both their legal work and accounting work for the Australians living over there and their US clients that live here. So Yeah, I think it's important. It's a very it's a very complex area um, and we want to make sure we're doing the right things by our clients. So that's why we're building these relationships. And Absolutely. And as we know, financial services is just one part of the triangle yeah. uh, for our clients. Financial services, if we don't bleed that correct into properly, with uh, the estate planning, for example, an Australian, you know, living in the US and dies over there and gets slugged with estate taxes over there from dollar one for all their assets held here in Australia, that would pay no estate taxes. So it's just, it's important them understanding that and us ensuring that uh, they're set up so that their estates do not get slugged with millions of dollars worth of tax bills uh, that they never knew that they were going to get in the first place. Yeah. So yesterday we went out for a coffee um, and we, we were out with an absolute marketing guru in uh, Bianca Board. So oh, I couldn't sleep last night. She's got me so excited. It, it was it, magnificent. It was a fantastic meeting. But I, I want to start with a quote that you said, and please interrupt me if I don't get it right, but comparison is the thief of happiness. Absolutely. Can you elaborate? Yeah, if um, it, it, it's an interesting quote which I heard, and, and it just really resonated with me that if you think about it, if you're continually comparing, and you know there is the old adage of you know comparing yourself with the Joneses or the Smiths, and it's you know when we're growing up, and you know it, there's there's nothing worse than being compared with somebody who is seen in the eyes of the beholder as far more superior you know so for example you know if i uh turned around and tried to compare my life to george clooney's i might be very disappointed with myself when i wake up and bitterly depressed every morning so it's um so i think when you when we talk about that comparison being the thief of happiness that happens in so many ways and as you know we we're actually talking about you know, one of the things we raised was actually about grief and grief of death of losing someone uh, losing someone you love and the example i gave was of my father so if i was continually comparing um my <coughs> thoughts in regards to my dad you know the grief that i'd be feeling if you know because he's no longer around i'd be in that constant state of despair so rather than comparing how good times were when he was around, uh, especially before he's had his Alzheimer's, compared to you know how much I miss him today, and I think of him every single day. We were unbelievably close. Rather than doing that, 
I actually just think back about how lucky I was that I spent the time with him that I actually did. So that, that's one, you know, in respect to, you know, grieving. Uh, but by having those comparisons, think of the times that you spent with them whilst I was alive and how beautiful they were. And then there's no comparison of it now. And all you do is you think of the happiness. But other things, you know, so for example, if... I was to compare my physique today to my physique when I was a 21-year-old professional triathlete. You'd be terrible at 21, weren't you? Oh, mate, seriously, I, I, I would never get out of bed. I'd be so goddamn depressed. It was, it was ridiculous. And, and the thing is, is no matter how much I worked, if I had good knees, no matter how much time I spent on the bike or running or swimming or in the gym nowadays, I'd never look like I did, you know, when I was 21 years old. So... The fact is that once again, if I go to the gym and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm trying to do that comparison, the fact is, is I'm never going to be happy with the outcome of the hard work that I actually achieve. So I think comparison is a whole lot of things. You know, we've all done this growing up. Do you remember, you know, being from my generation being in a disco and your generation being doing whatever? I, I, did, <laughs> go, I did go to a blue light disco, but I reckon, okay. I, I, reckon I was the last, last generation to probably have those. Oh, so you, you, know, you remember going to those discos and you see some, you know, really hot girl with some guy and you're thinking, my God, what's she doing with him? I look so much better than him or I'm so much better than him. Or so, so once again, that comparison does nothing but, you know, is a thief of your happiness. So, so that's what I always say is that, you know, to live in the moment and live where you are today and be happy with the progress that you're actually doing uh, rather than actually living in the past and living on how things used to be or comparing yourself uh, because things were always great with the distance of memory, um, but things are also really great now. Yeah. All right. Let's let's swing it into our industry then. And yeah. That famous those famous ads compare the pairs. Yeah. We we see a different side to that, and um, I guess we we have research tools that other people I guess in the public don't have. Yeah. Um, let's let's compare the pair. Okay. So an example of that was um, a new prospective client who was in an industry super fund balanced uh, fund yeah an industry super balanced fund and you guys can't see that but I did use the inverted commas uh, there on in balanced funds and they said but this fund has earned uh, you know I think it was 80 basis points 1% let's say more than your balanced fund average for the last five years so I would be far better off being in this fund than what I would be in being in your balance fund. And I said, if we're going to compare the pair purely based on uh, asset allocation, let's do that because we've worked out for you that you're a balance fund investor. So if you think about a balance fund, if you think of a seesaw, you know, use an analogy in a park on a seesaw, you've got two kids of the same size on either side and it goes up and down basically and it's balanced if two kids are both, you know, the same size on that seesaw, you can balance it. But a balance fund should be 50% defensive assets, maybe um, as high as 60%. And 40 to 60% in growth assets, you know, depending on where the markets are. If the markets are overheated, 40%. If they're under, if they're, you know, got good uh, potential to rise, 60%. That's a balance fund. When we looked at this balance fund, it was 98% in growth assets. You can't tell me that a hybrid security is a defensive asset. It is not. It's a debt instrument attached to a share. Its correlation is with the share market. If the share market plummets 20%, it'll plummet 20% if that underlying asset has actually gone down as well. So what they were doing is they were comparing an asset class that they thought was the same name 
that actually was 50% more aggressive than what we regarded a balanced fund to actually be. So what we then did was we actually compared our high conviction plus fund with that our balanced fund and we outperformed it by 3.5% over five years, which was a difference of around about $120,000. But that's comparing the pair. So, so based on that, it's, it'd be like, um, you know, you're saying, here's this fund. If you don't have a look at what the underlying assets actually sitting in there are, you're going to be bitterly disappointed when the market comes tumbling down if you thought you were in a fund that was fairly conservative. So on that basis, rather than the clients trying to compare and having that constant state of unhappiness, because, well, this fund earned half a percent more than this. Let us do the comparison and we'll show them why they should be happy in what they have. If you can get roughly the same return, taking 50% less risk, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and, yep. and it is about finding what those underlying assets are because some of the funds are very hard to find out and they hide them under pages and pages and pages and pages. <sighs> it is ludicrous. <laughs> it is absolutely ludicrous. But in saying that, though, that's why we do what we do. Yeah. You know, so that, that's our job. We're an expert. So if I walk into a car yard or if I go to a mechanic and I walk in there and I say, my car's making this noise, what's that noise? Fix it. And they fix it and they give me a bill to fix it. And I assume that they've done a great job because I trust that mechanic and they've always done a great job. I'm not going to go in there and say, well, listen, my mate's Mercedes, he went and he was making this noise. So I think you're wrong. I think if you do this, this and this... So based on that, I'm trusting the expert. But the expert can't blindside you or bullshit you. And that's unfortunately what happens with a lot of this asset allocation. You look at a return and say, this one has done better than that one, but you don't look at the underlying risks that have been attached to that. So if we go in a share market investment and it's earned 29% for the year, but but the actual index only earned 13% is... Tony, why didn't we use that one that earned 29%? Because that's a small cap fund that has market liquidity of $50 million, and that 29% can quickly become negative 50% you know, if the market comes tumbling down off 20 So it's the underlying risk that you're prepared to take, and that's what has to be done. But let us do the true comparison rather than that little snow, whatever it is, tree uh, thing where they say compare to pair. You know, <laughs> where, where's, where's the visuals today, Jamie? I'm waving my arms around a lot. I don't think explain. I'm passionate. I'm getting too passionate. Snow tree is quite <laughs> going to be what people like. Whatever. <laughs> a, no, yeah. that's fantastic. Look, Tony, enjoy your time in the States. Um, Thank you. I will. We'll have uh, Willard in charge in here, which will be good. So he's looking yeah. out. <laughs> is he? <laughs> oh, God. So maybe I shouldn't go. <laughs> so, no, enjoy your time and. Um, I guess for our listeners, look out for some exciting news in the coming weeks. Wonderful. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you.